Causing the Effect, a podcast focused on the exploration of your mind, body, and spirit. Chris Rock. So my question to you to start this interview is self-realization. Why are people in America missing the, the cue of what self-realization is or maybe lacking um, even having this? <laughs> Great question, Scott. And it's not just people in America. It's people on the planet yeah. and people anywhere else. <laughs> so, I mean, that is really the, the journey of life is to become more aware of yourself. And um, we get consumed by the world around us. And it's actually... Uh, on purpose, the design of life is for us to get infatuated with the world around us because we seek ourselves in that world. We're seeking love because we, uh, we have some kind of lack of love inside. We, we seek uh, control and power and, and other, other things that are all a reflection of who we are inside. So the way we engage with the world around us is to, to try and make up for that, that lack that we have somewhere. And that's conditioning. That's, it could be family patterns. It could be, uh, you know, uh, past life trauma. It could be all kinds of things, right? So that, that we come into this, this space with. And then, uh, and then we engage with the three-dimensional world and, and we think it's all about the things out there. But then time and again, we get let down by those things because what we're seeking in them is our completion. Our, our, our permanent happiness, our permanent self, our whole self. And we, we achieve a certain goal and we're happy for a moment and then it fades. And then we, we, we create another situation that we thought would bring us happiness and it, it might for a little while and then it fades. And so this is the natural process, the design of life to drive us to realize, well, it's, if my true self is not, it's not found out there in those things, in those people, places and things, well, where is it then? <laughs> so slowly over life, if you, if you have no uh, uh, knack for spirituality or self-exploration, discovery and, and self-help and growth at all, life is still going to point you slowly but surely back to yourself. So, and that's where you find your true self. That's where you have your passions. That's where, the, you know, your podcast is, is a work of passion. We are creatures. We've been created by the love of creation. So there's passion inside of us. And that's what we then unlock. And when that's our fuel to, to live the most uh, uh, fruitful and, and, and poetic life that, that we can imagine. Man, what a great opening. Everybody, welcome to Cause and the Effect. This is Chris Sirach, um, the master of self-realization, author, speaker, all this good stuff. Um, I ordered your book, everybody. I, I don't, I, I'm not going to say it's good until I read it, but I'm sure it is. Be you, the journey of self-realization. Uh, Chris, everybody knows I'm a big self-realization guy, a big call young guy. When I went on this whole journey of mine, um, young uh, kind of call self-realization, the, the developmental process that involves differentiating and integrating your personality components, ego, shadow, self, the id, whatever you want to call it. Right. Um, my, this, yeah. And you nailed this podcast has been the exploration of myself. And I dealt, I delve deep into the, the material world, let's say in my twenties, gambling, booze, sex, all the pleasures. And I was like, I I'm not fulfilled here. And even in today, you see yourself chasing something at, at, all, at, all, at all points. Now, how do you help or how do you even in your daily life end up balancing this successful human being? Because you're going to have to have these conversations with your future self and you're going to have to look to the future in some ways, but have that mindfulness, have that 
that mentality of that eternal cosmic present. How do you balance both of those? Yeah. So this, uh, you know, living for outcomes is the most important concept. Uh, thank you for bringing that up. Because essentially, that is what takes us out of the present moment. We've heard that many, many times. But what's key to the present moment is then we're not living by responding to our actual circumstances, but we're living by some mental image of a future state. And the mind being the control freak it is, it imagines that this future state is like a permanent state, that it's static, it's permanent. Once we get there, it's all done and then you'll be happy and, and so forth. Um, and, and that's just the way the mind works. So there's nothing wrong with the mind. It's just when we live life through that mental lens uh, of, of steering and controlling and trying to get to that place, whatever it may be, money, career, relationships, uh, freedom, you know, all, all these things. Um, but then um, what happens is that we, we get so attached to the, the, the future uh, moment that we're not really living. I mean, we're really not living. And we can all sense this in like our daily routines that we kind of get lost in thought for a, lot, a huge portion of the day. So, I mean, there's some people out there who I'm not a big statistics guy, but that say we spend, you know, 87, 90% of our, our day lost in thought. And that being lost in thought is not being here. It's not actually being alive. So how to prevent that? I'm a big advocate for meditation, obviously. Um, but what is meditation? Ultimately, it's just feeling what you're feeling. So it's, it's experiences, engaging with the world around us, people, places, and things. And so these experiences create uh, feelings inside of us. And this is the key now. We're conditioned to react to those feelings. I like this feeling and I, I want to pursue more of that. Oops, there's the outcome. Or I don't like this feeling and I want to keep it away and avoid it. Up, oh, there's the outcome. So those, those, that reaction to our feelings shifts us into a reactionary uh, future state, controlling state, and versus actually just feeling our feelings, allowing them to pass through us. And, and so that is ultimately what meditation is, but it's just learning to feel your feelings. Yes. Something that is so underrated. And, and I think it's easy when you're feeling good, right? When you're feeling great, I want to sit my... I want to feel empowered. I'm going to feel gratitude. But when something bad happens, at least this is the issue for me, um, you know, sitting with, with that uncomfortability and I think surrendering and letting go and really being able to kind of walk yourself through those feelings has been really triumphant for me, at least this year. I've been really, that's been like kind of my model. The whole thing of this year has been letting go. Um, now, where did your kind of journey of self-realization come in? Did meditation come before this? For me, I, I was, um, I was working in a hedge fund and I ended up getting physically sick from the stress. The doctor told me, I was like, doc, give me the pills here. I just want some, give me the pills and let's fix this. He said, no, no, no. You're stressing yourself. Whatever you're doing, you have to stop. My cousin gave me a book, mindfulness in plain English 10 years ago. It's all been, you know, kind of history ever since. What was your journey? Yeah. So, I mean, that's a great uh, demonstration of what ultimately happens. Uh, what you just mentioned is what probably happens to every single one of us is just we have these experiences and we think they will lead us to, to a sense of, of, of joy and happiness. And, they, and then they don't. Um, in fact, they drive us the other way is that they run us into the ground because we, we get so roped up and tied up in, in, in these projections. And me, with me personally, um, even though I was always a bit of a lifetime consultant, I, I, I didn't want to do the nine to five. I wanted enough freedom to pursue my things. But even therein, I got caught up in this pursuing of things. And even I thought, even though I thought those were passions, it was you know sports and tennis and music for me. I wrote a lot of music and and, and made enough time to pursue those things. I was still only living for the outcome. 
And uh, it just, you know, it just dawned on me one day that uh, I, I had to, um, it, it, you know, I felt pieces of me shift into a, a, a place of calling where like I was just called to, to, to become more of a seeker. And then the seeking, 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 and that's probably my, my, my fanatical perf perfectionistic personality. It was like, I was just seeking like crazy. My friends were, would call me a retreat junkie. So I went to <laughs> see all the, the luminaries of our time of, of, you know, law of attraction and Eckhart Tolle and, and uh, Abraham, you know, just everyone you could think of read all the books, um, even the ones that aren't around anymore. And slowly my own voice started to emerge. And, and um, I've been teaching my professional life for, for over 10 years at UCLA and um, design thinking and creative classes. And, and so the, the kind of the teacher role then started to, to, to emerge in the self-realization space. So that, that was kind of my journey. That's beautiful, man. Yeah. I feel like everybody starts to seeking, just, you know, calming themselves down. That's what I was doing. It's like, I just want to be calm, but then you're seeking that. And then as you go through this, I guess it's personal development, right? You read a Joe Dispenza book. And so I'm going to change myself. And then you go through the process and it, I, I thought I was going to add pieces like a video game. I'm going to add the, the fearless. I'm gonna, and then you start going through this and I go, oh, I got to remove things. It's about removing the illusions and, and just really being here in this moment. I think this is why I love podcasting so much. Cause like we're here, we're on the fly, we're doing it. Like Nothing gets better than this for me, at least. You know what I'm saying? There are so many layers. It's crazy, right? Mm -hmm. Once you get into it and start peeling back the layers, the onion layers of, of who you really are on the inside, but there's all these layers of, of stuck feelings, essentially. That's why I call them in the book. Um, and the, the way to release the stuck feelings is like we started out is you have to become aware of them first and then feel them, just actually just feel them. So um, one of my you know, go-to meditation practices is body scanning. It's just feeling, feeling what's happening in my body in every situation and carrying that awareness through daily life and then noticing, oh, I know I'm feeling triggered. The moment you notice that you're feeling triggered, you're no longer reacting to it. And so you're no longer reacting to the situation and, and the whole thing then blows up because everyone's reacting, but rather you're noticing. And that, that kind of creates a, a stop in, in this reactionary loop. And then you, that fosters, that's the seed of awareness where you're just like, oh, I'm noticing this. And, and why am I noticing? Where am I noticing it? And just like giving it attention and space. And that releases it again. So we have to do that with all our stuck feelings. I mean, every time we react to something from, from the moment we're born, right? Probably even before is, is, is these, it, there's traumas. We just, being born is a trauma. And, and then just uh, all these voices that tell us we should be this or we shouldn't do that when growing up. I mean, there's just feelings and reactions that are stuck in us. And those are the layers that we kind of have to release and become aware of. And, and then we go deeper and deeper. And then there's this blueprint inside, which is the miraculous thing that the peeling back the layers is just the uh, just like a, kind of getting to par. <laughs> but then there's a whole life a light on the other side of really being yourself where the, the world becomes this crazy playground and you just don't attach to anything in, in a way and you just flow and life flows through you and you flow with life. And that's just what the, the real magic is. Man, Chris, you got me. I'm, I'm, I'm getting some goosebumps here. Like, Cause I'm, I'm like on your two or three of this. So if you met me five years ago, I was like living in, I lived off the society norms, get married, have a great job, make money, work in the hedge fund, blah, 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 blah. And you start doing it. And I, and I get to that point. And expecting to, you know, we're pursuing and you get there. Well, I still feel the same. What the hell? And you realize, oh, I was living off of, I wanted to make my mother happy. I just wanted to, to kind of do what, what was supposed to do. And then I, I'm exactly on that. You start unlearning stand-up comedy, podcasting, all of a sudden, 
life has so much vibrancy, so much energy, so much color. And it's like, geez, all, these things are all pretty cheap. This is all, I've been running around to Vegas and trying to find all, all these things that, that cost so much money. Just sitting by the water now, just sitting. That's my favorite thing to do because it's nature. And I never, I was never this guy. They called me the great Scott back then, wear the suit, all this. And just letting that, I guess that's been an issue. And we could talk about this a little bit. Like let, you know, uh, Carl Jung calls it the retrogression of your soul, especially with COVID, right? Going from kind of making your steps towards wholeness, but then bringing yourself back. And I think once we got back out of COVID, oh, I got to go back into work. I'm being called, you know, Scott again. You're, you got to be this identity again. Have you ever had to deal with that of really, have a, have a roadblock of becoming that most authentic version of yourself, that unstuck point. And what did you do to really get through that, that block? Right. So yeah, that happens all the time. And I've, I had a professional career for 20, 25 years and in, in the creative arts and, and tech and, and web development and entrepreneurship. And, and so I, the, the, the trick as with all things in life is to surrender and not think you have to release or steer or control or take that and do it, turn it into this or something like that. Just allow it to naturally happen because the, the inner voice, your, your GPS can only respond to what's actually happening. Like right now, that's when, you know, we feel what's true for us. Something resonates or it doesn't resonate. And if we don't allow things to happen, if we, we have to get off the couch and do things, but if we don't allow things to, to really unfold, then we'll never have a chance to feel what's right. And then the second, the trick, right, is to then also act on that, right? If you feel something's wrong, how many times have we all like, that's not right, but we still continue down that path, or we still continue making somebody happy, even though we feel like we're losing our voice, or it's, it's, uh, we're not feeling heard, and all these things. So uh, we got that, that inner voice, everyone has it. Um, it. It's, it's down there, in there, even if it's, you know, if you can barely notice it, we, we all have that, those situations where like, we recognize ourselves in something. It could be a little something somebody said, and they weren't even talking specifically about you, or or a situation, or even movie, or something that really touches you. Notice where it touches you, because that's 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 a part of your truth right there. And then just expand from there. Stay connected to that feeling of that's me, <laughs> and expand from there. And the moment you feel like something's like not you, just you know, make the change, and 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 you know, it's it's there. The the, the the whole roadmap is there and we just have to listen. <laughs> Man, that, that's so cool. Now, 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 Carl Jung says in an essay about analytical psychology, I'll read the quote for you. Individuation means becoming an individual. And in so far as individuality embraces your innermost, last and incomparable uniqueness, it also implies becoming your own self. We could therefore translate individuation as coming to true selfhood. What pops up to you when I said that? Wow, that's awesome. And I love how you frame that because that's how I like to <laughs> live my life is just what am I, what's coming up, what's arising. Um, and it's not what comes to mind. It's really what, what do I feel, feel coming feel. exactly coming through. Um, so all of that is really, he, he did an incredible job of intellectualizing and, 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 and verbalizing you know, some of these deep concepts. Um, I always come back to keep it very simple and, and, and I get it and I love it and, and I'll indulge in it all the time as well. But I think in practice for myself, it's just really coming back to my sensations. It's, it's so simple. It's really so simple because it forces you to, to like become so present to feel your feeling means you have to like hone in on like right now, like right now, nothing else. And, 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 and such an easy, you know, it's, 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 it's the original B Buddhist teachings. It's just really to, to feel what, what, uh, what arises in you. 
And, um, and that simplicity of the present moment, there's no room for fear, that there's no space to, for regret, there's no getting lost in thought, it's just right there. And it's such a simple thing to practice. And so with all the philosophical and, and, and intellectual elaborations, which are wonderful, we have to be careful because that pulls us into our headspace, right? And, and, yep. uh, and, and then from there, we start getting lost in thought very easily. But bring it back to the body. The body, the, the mind is the, the, you know, the, the, the home of knowledge, uh, but the body is the source of wisdom. So you can only work with what you already know with what's in your head. And, and that's not very vibrant. You used the word before, right? And, uh, but what's vibrant, what's real is, is the unknown <laughs> and the, the mind freaks out about the unknown. That's why we're trying to control and predict into the future mm-hmm. and so, and, and so forth. But, but the body is just feeling and it's existing, it's being, it's experiencing. And I call this experiencing, experiencing, mm-hmm. where like you're aware that you're experiencing, it pulls you into the present, like soul in such a big way that, uh, and then that's where you find not only your true self, you find like unity um one of the big things of the mind is is to label right that's how the mind works you label things you call things something you give them names but every single time we call a tree a tree is we're saying subconsciously i'm over here and the tree is over there that's a sense a little hit of distance a little sense of separation uh and we do that a thousand times a day with everything we 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 define and label so that's what makes us feel living from the mind is what makes us feel separate from things from the world around us and and so that's the ultimate from from a place of separation that's where we can hate that's where we can blame that's where we can fight each other all these things and uh and that's where unity gets lost our common humanity our common core um and then how to combat that is come out of the headspace into the body feel your presence because that's when you, you come back together again there there is no separation there so it's uh, it takes practice, but it is, you know, how much time a day do we spend in our heads and doing things and moving around and controlling and, and experiencing there and compared to how much time to balance it in our bodies, right? So it, it takes a while to establish a practice, but once you have it, then you can bring your presence and with that presence, your authentic self to the everyday things. And th- then you're in, in good shape. Exactly. No, we'll get, I want to get to your practices and your rituals, but it, it was interesting for me understanding that, you know, one of the barriers that we deal with every day is the language. So you just mentioned it, like the tree is over there for a predicate uh, subject. Like that's all we are immediately separating ourselves. And what I do every August now is I take a, a trip by myself for a month. Uh, last year was in Switzerland by Lake Zurich where Carl Jung grew up. And it's so interesting when you stop, like I'm talking to people, I'm not being a freaking hermit, but like when you are, when you're alone in your thoughts for so long, you start seeing that reptilian brain and the symbols start popping up. And I'm like, holy crap, we are all one entity. And I, I do, I'm not saying everybody listen, don't go away for a month if you can't do it. I'm saying just spend some time with your thoughts and not having other people tell you who you are. And I don't mean people are telling you what to be, but just by somebody calling you Chris, somebody's telling you who you are, just by identifying as the professor or as the coach or as the, the author, or as the speaker, those people are telling you who you are. So I've kind of, I just, find myself in those deeper. And it's funny, the deeper you go, the more color life has, I guess, in that being, I would say. Um, Does that make sense? Oh, absolutely. And anyone who's listening. So ultimately, most of the time we spend doing things with the people around us, going to movies and going to dinner and hanging out and all these things and even going to work. And and it's ultimately a, a distraction from self. 
Um, that time spent by yourself is so precious. It's almost like if you spend enough time by yourself, you will just develop more awareness of your thoughts because the thoughts are crazy. If I do the simplest exercise of just focusing on your breath for 20 seconds and you, you'll notice within two seconds how the mind pulls your attention away from your breath and, and, and into you know, your la-la land of thoughts. And so if you spend enough time by yourself, you'll just become more aware of how crazy uh, and fickle and, and wild and just noisy the head is. And then you start to think, well, I need to get to, you know, do something about this. <laughs> so uh, bravo for, for doing that on your own. So many people are, you mentioned my own practice. So I do 10 day silent retreats every six months or so. I'm doing my first one at the end of the year. I'm, oh my God, I, I'm, a, little, I'm a little nervous, honestly. So I'm doing uh, seven days in a monastery um, in Thailand at the mm -hmm. end of the year. So, so tell me about this. And I have a feeling I'm going to have a little freak out on day two or three. How was, how was the first time you did it? Yeah, you will freak out on day two <laughs> And, and, uh, and that's because it's, it's okay. You'll get through it. I, you know, you'll, I survived, you'll survive. We'll all survive. It's just the mind realizing that you're taking away from its busy, noisy control state. And, uh, and for some people, it'll, it'll be a lot of confusing thoughts will come up, whatever it is. It's just your, your mind trying to trick you back into running with the old way of living, which is through the, through the mental lens and judging and defining and labeling and getting lost in thought. It's just, it's the machine that's used to having dominance over you. Mm -hmm. And so now when you go to silent retreat, you're quiet. The, the, the silent part is super easy. You won't even notice it. So many people here at silent retreat and they say, oh, I, I couldn't not talk for, you know, so many days. Uh, no, that's the, that's the easy part. You'll, you'll forget about that quickly. Because you become so inward oriented, so focused, you'll start thinking, you know, you'll realize all the onion layers that are there, the, the, the dominance of your mind and whatever the practice is that you're doing there, it, it'll, uh, it'll just shift your, your awareness from away from your head and into your body. And that's all it is. And then you come out of it with uh, just a lot more presence and, and awareness of, of you are not your thoughts. And I, for, for me, when I first started this, I was a, a big Joe Dispenza guy. Are you familiar with, with Joe Dispenza? Yeah. So I wasn't expecting anything. I didn't know what was going on. He starts with the body scan, you know, in space, we're doing the whole thing. And all of a sudden, you start getting that feeling of empowerment. You start feeling the presence. And then after six months, I was like seeking that feeling. And then I couldn't get it. And it was such a funny little game that this plays very paradoxical of like, well, that's why you're not getting it, you idiot, because you're seeking it and that you're not surrendering. It's like the opposite of, of what we're trying to do here. Um, how do you keep so kind of, I guess you just let everything flow through you in a way. Is that a good way to describe this feeling? Like, how do you end up maintaining that all day? Are you keeping your spirit or you're keeping your mindfulness close to you? Like, even as you do your things, are you taking a, like an, an hour every, you know, what does that, that look like? What does the morning ritual look like? And what, how do you keep that close to you throughout the day, the presence? Yeah. So the trick is not to expect to have that feeling. Yeah, exactly. Um, I wake up and my routine is an hour in the morning, hour in the evening. Sometimes it's less, sometimes it's more depending on scheduling. Um, but the, the seeking, everyone will have that experience. I had it too, where you, you have that great flow experience and then you want it again and then you look for it and then it's an outcome, right? We, we started talking about that. And, and so then your whole meditation practice, my, my meditation practice was totally ineffective for two years because I could not get this expectation out of me. Uh, of I want to get back to that state. And um, so that then again, that experience pushes you up a level 
where you become okay with however you are. <laughs> and be, that becoming okay, being okay with however you are, then is, is the ultimate form of relaxation and surrender and, and calming. I wake up on, on days and my mind is crazy. I don't know why it doesn't. The, the great thing is you don't need to understand why you're, you feel triggered or why things are coming up, why you feel emotions in certain places. The reality is what it is. That's where, what you're feeling. So you don't have to get lost in intellectual games and, and, and looking for reasons and, and, and blame or I could have done better or, you know, all, all this stuff is just mental noise. Ultimately, the, the simplest technique and to get to a place of flowing is just to notice what you're feeling. It's that simple. I mean, it's crazy simple. Um, the practice, of course, is you have to reinforce after decades. You know, many of us don't get there naturally until like midlife and and, uh, and 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 then you've spent you know several decades living a certain way of just reacting to things reacting to things um, and to come out of that reactivity you don't have to have to rewire your your mind um, and that takes a little time and but everyone can do it it's totally possible nothing's preventing you from doing it uh, you're in charge you're the captain of your ship and uh, it's just how much time do you spend on on retraining your mind to not react no, and I, I'm with you. And, and it's, it's, it's interesting how simple and easy all this stuff that we kind of talk about is spirituality and just be in the moment. And even if you want to be personal, but it's reconditioning yourself and kind of deconditioning the way you've been for two, three decades. Um, you know, I was uh, I, for me, it's I can get in this in this solstice that I call my home. It's easy. I mean, I can get to a moment like that. But I'm trying my, my issue is when I go to the train in Manhattan. To not want to smack somebody, Chris. That's what I'm I'm working on because you know it's it's easy to go sit on top of a mountain and be a Buddha and sit. And, but if I can't live in the world, what is the point of it? I think that's what's that's what people don't understand about this. Is I think the new age spirituality, the new age mindfulness, that's the key to be the sage on the inside, but almost a, a, a in the real world and be the the king on the outside and be able to live your life into the fullest. Yeah, you know, step by step and being able to to be because those days when you go unconditioned, it's like oh what what the hell just happened? Like I just, I zoomed through my day off of one thing. And I think the, the key takeaway that I learned is not understanding for people who are very, who are new on this journey, that you are not your thoughts. Um, and those thoughts are just there to kind of make sure you're alive and survive and, and just, just continue the next day. Um, yeah. So we, we have this kind of, this, this, you're, you have a system inside of you that's building you to do something opposite of what we're talking about. So that's something I just want people to understand from an analytical piece that, you know, it's not going to feel right, but it will get you. I think when you get through that, that uncomfortability and even if I try to explain this to my little cousins, I can't call it meditation. Like, Scotty, what are you talking about? Yeah. So sit with your thoughts for 10 minutes, just sit with your thoughts, whatever you want to call it. Introspection, um, journaling. Now, did you, like, did you, um, I know in, in BU, you talk about, um, you're bringing ancient wisdom to modern life. Was there any kind of insights or any book that really kind of clicked your heart? For me, it was the Bhagavad Gita. I was just curious if there was one or two that really, um, you know, kind of made, made you blow yeah. up. Yeah. And, and actually, and, and since you mentioned that, that was the the, the goal of BU was to write things in, in using pedestrian language in a way that is, uh, you know, with my web tech background, I wanted to, it to be discoverable, right? SEO. <laughs> so the, the, the chapters are very short. They're four or five pages long in, in a 260 page book so that you could always just jump to what you're dealing with so you could find an answer. Because 
I was, in my experience, I was, you know, reading entire books just to find the paragraph that applied to me. I was watching hour long videos just to find the, the 30 second segment that resonated with me. And I, I, I think, you know, I thought to myself, I got to write something that's more easily uh, discoverable in, in terms of what you're, what's relevant to you right now. The other stuff will, will, will come into focus when, when it needs to come into focus. So that, that was one piece. Um, and, uh, but just the simplicity of the language, I, I remember picking up a uh, power of now and, and, uh, and just after a page, I was like, I have no idea what this guy is saying. Just, just no idea. And then 10 years later, it, it opened it again. And it was like, everything just clicked and it made perfect sense. So, you know, what happened in those 10 years that we, life happened, right. And, and we, we learned to become more aware here and there and this and that. And then, and then I loved how I like went to my friends and family. I was like, you got to read this book. And, and then they were like, yeah, it's on my night desk. I've read it three times. <laughs> and, and like, why didn't you tell me? I'm like, you didn't want to listen. And, and so anyway, so we all have our, our path, our journey. Um, you know, it's totally normal to start out thinking of, of your, your spiritual awareness practice as kind of a separate thing that you do 20 minutes here or an hour here, whenever you get time. And then there's the rest of your life. Everyone starts out that way uh, with continued practice. It starts to bleed over because you're, you're, you're just going to bring that person that you're, you're on, on revealing to yourself, uncovering to yourself in your practice more and more into daily life. So that um, uh, you'll, you'll notice it in little things where like you'd be sitting in the car and there's somebody with you and, and you forget to put your seatbelt on and, 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 you know, they'll get annoyed because of the beeping reminding you to put your seatbelt on and, 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 and then you realize, oh, I don't interpret that as annoying anymore. It's just a sound or pl a plane flying overhead. It's just, it's just the sound. These things don't trigger you. These little things that you notice how you're, you're just, um, you're not react, you're less reactive than you were before to these situations. So you just have to keep going and, and um, the benefits will speak for, speak for themselves. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, now for, as far as the um, you know, your, your, your ritual now, like what does your morning look like? So I, the moment I wake up, I notice what I'm feeling, just scan my body and I'm still in bed. I'm not having done anything else. And, and, you know, so many times, like I said before, I'll notice that, Oh, my stomach area, solar plexus, it's just, it's just a crummy feeling. And, and again, just put my attention there at this point. I'm, it's so easy for me to kind of observe that, that it, I release those feelings very quickly. I mean, within seconds, that stuff goes away. Within 10 seconds, I'm just feeling even and, and equanimous again. And, and then I do that with other parts of my body. And so a quick scan in the morning before I even get up. And, and uh, that kind of gives me a, 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 a state of, of uh, starting from an even keel place. Um, and then what I'd love to do, um, if, if I have the time, is spend an hour sitting in my my practices vipassana so it's just an intense um observing of your breath to focus the mind and then switching over to body scanning so that you take that attention uh, of your mind and you're able to keep it on different body parts so that that area becomes alive there's there's you talked about flow of life there's energy there's a biochemical reaction an electrical current between us and the and life we are life we are part of it but that that glue is happening all the time you see if i put my attention on my wrist right there 
I can feel it come to life, right? There's, there's, a, there's a reaction there. And we're feeling things all the time, and not just at the surface, but also within. And it's just being aware of all of those feelings that is the aliveness. And the more you feel the aliveness, the more you feel alive and be yourself and, and just feel like you want to go out and conquer the world. And, and because you can, <laughs> because nothing, there are no limitations. Limitations are just thoughts, beliefs. Every single belief is a limitation. There, there's, everything is possible. Infinitely, everything can be and everything exists. And then we come along and we say, no, only this exists. And, and that other thing over there. And so we accumulate, you know, a set of a couple thousand beliefs. I don't know how many. And then we think that is our reality. And that is everyone's reality. And, and, and so every belief is a reduction of the infinite down to just a few slivers of what we think is possible. And so the less we think I do these funny videos on, on my Instagram sometimes where I'm ironing. And I talk and because it's in these mundane activities that we actually we come out of the, the busy mind and we're just being and then and then ideas come to us and uh, novelty. Again, the mind can only conceive of what it already knows, but new things, solutions to problems and, and true creativity comes from not from the mind, but comes from the, the wisdom of the body of just being. And so to let those things lead you and, and, and guide you through life. Uh, is so much more magical and, and, and adventurous and, you know, this planning and, and hoping things turn out the way you want them to and then getting upset when they don't. It's just, you know, I'm at this point, I just laugh about it. <laughs> no, I love that. <laughs> so I love ridiculous, that. right? I, I live that way too. But so, um, but so, yeah, it's, it's, uh, we just got to kind of get a taste of it. And then we, we start to open up more and more. Yeah, no. And I love that you're saying that, like being present during the mundane stuff, because I hate to tell everybody majority of the day is going to be doing the mundane shit. We got to clean. We got to cook. We got to, you know, we got to do some boring stuff. But but that's, I think, how you make life become fuller. And I, I can tell that you're practicing because I can just you're one. You know, there's two types of people. Or at least I, I say, Chris, there's two types. It's the people who kind of dance through life or there's the people who and they're, they're kind of resisting. And I was the resistor for about 25, 26 years. And now I have a, I'm like a. I take the Nietzschean philosophy of just, yes, yes, everything. I don't care. You feel that uncomfortability when you see the girl, you feel that uncomfortability when something new, you got to step through that. And, and, and for me, I was a person who were always, every time you got that, that feeling, something got hard, I kind of shunned away from it. But when you start like going through that, not only do you get in power, not only do you have that, but that's where the changes, that's where actual your growth is. That's where like the, the, there's a reason why there's an uncomfortability there because I, I look at it like there's lessons there. That's where the, you know you have to kind of go towards the dragon to get the gold of instead of running away from the fear or this or that. Because I was a, I was really kind of ran by fear for most of my life. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. I did a podcast recently. Uh, the title was uh, "The Secret Design of Life," and that is exactly what you're describing is to is to get to a point to recognize that life is always a mirror. Same two people could be experiencing the same situation and have completely different takes on it. Well, that, that is a reflection of their internal makeup. We're seeing and experiencing ourselves in everything we do in our environment. And so when that environment triggers us and, and we feel triggered, that is not the environment. That is you yourself. That is something inside of you that is, is reacting. And then to notice, oh, I'm, I'm feeling it right here and, and giving that attention, that actually... It's the resistance to feeling it, the pushing it away that keeps it stuck there. And once you give it space to be and not push it away any longer, you, when, once you drop the resistance, as you so aptly said, that feeling starts to 
just uh, dissolve and, and just release. And then you don't feel triggered by the situation anymore. It's, it's, so life is a mirror. It's just a perfect teacher to show you in all the ways that you need to grow and heal and become more self-aware. And, and, and you learn more about yourself and all those little triggers. It's not by going out and having ecstatic experiences, but it's, it's just everyday life. And I feel irritated too, but it's like you said, when you feel the resistance to doing the most mundane things, that is your, your key right there that, oh, I'm feeling irritated. And to go in closer, move in closer. Brene Brown says always, um, she says, uh, if, if you, if you've, you can't move, move in is her thing, right? If you feel hate or feel anger or something, go in closer, don't back away. You can, you can only experience those and maintain those negative emotions from afar. But once you move into a, a situation to the point where you are in the situation, there's just no room for these negative thoughts. You're experiencing the flow. So it happens to me too. I mean, I'll have a, a chore that I need to, to do and then I just feel resistance, but at this point with my practice, I'm, I'm noticing the resistance. So rather than do the chore in a state of resistance, I, I go in even closer. I feel where I'm feeling that resistance. And then you move, like you say, you move through it, you move beyond it. And then and there's just, there's the equal amount of joy in doing the dishes when you're present as it is skiing down, you know, Mount Everest or whatever it may be uh, that, that, uh, that you're, you're spending this, this, this wonderful time that we have on this planet, right? So this takes you into the next day where everything is equal. Everything deserves your light because you're bringing your light to the situation. And, and it's just, uh, everything becomes lit up. <laughs> yeah. And that, that's kind of why the, the title of this podcast is called Cause and the Effects. It's the opposite of cause and effect. You don't need your vacation to have that, you know, that ecstatic feeling. You don't need your promotion. You don't need the extra dollar to, to get that feeling. You have it. And that's, that's the secret. That's the secret. Man. Chris, <laughs> thank you so much for your time, man. This was awesome. Please, please come on again. We'll t- after I read the book, why don't you come on and then we'll, uh, we'll do another episode. I'd love to just pick your brains. I'm really excited for it. Sounds like a plan. Pleasure, pleasure. Thank you so much. No problem. On YouTube, thank you guys so much for uh, watching. Do me a favor. Subscribe, like, leave a review if you're listening. Thank you guys so much. As always, stay safe, stay positive, stay blessed. We'll talk to you later. Bye-bye.